Good day. I am Annette and always it's great to have you along with us for another episode of the Queen's Unrail History Podcast. Today we'll talk about some of the lone survivors of another time of over a century ago when railway stations played host to symbols of grief and remembrance for a great war that left an indelible mark on many people throughout Queensland. We'll also talk with Dale McDonald, Asset Supervisor Central West, based in Rockhampton, who has worked to conserve and protect the Rockhampton Station Honour Board. Yeah, well, my hope is that once it is brought back to life and being sprayed for the public to actually to see about the time when these people gave, in many cases, their lives to fight for what was in, in those days, the Empire, but they're uh, basically to defend their country. Be that as it may, we, in common with the whole community, hail with pleasure the inauguration of the railway in Queensland. An old woman in our carriage was very proud of this little bit of railroad. As always, I am here again with Greg Hallam, Queensland Rail Historian. Today we chat about how Queensland Railways were involved in the Great War, as it was known, or the First World War, and how these honour boards came about. Good day, Greg. Oh, it's good to be back here again, Annette, and uh, yeah, with our story today about the honour boards, I think it'll be, um, yeah, time of reflection and remembrance. Why was the period of 1914 to 18 so important in this story of the Queensland Railways and how did it become involved in a conflict half a world away? Yeah, Annette, few people today understand the great contribution that was made by Queensland Railways during two major conflicts of the 20th century. Now, whilst our involvement is relatively well known during the Second World War, the activity of the Great War is lesser known. The role of the Queensland Railways at this time was to provide volunteer enlistment, patriotic support and literally to provide a vehicle to transport and recruit for the Australian war effort. Throughout Queensland, recruitment trains travelled to places such as Wallambilla, Warwick, Barkhalden and many other far-flung towns and stations, encouraging men to sign up and serve their country. The war seemed far away for many people in Queensland and news of much of the tragic conflict, it was conveyed by train. Wounded soldiers, returning soldiers made many of their journeys home by train and many of these never recovered from the trauma of the front line. Were the Queensland Railways prepared for the crucial role they were to play in the war half a world away? Not in the beginning, um, perhaps even not at the end. Queensland Railways saw itself in the Great War as a loyalist, patriotic and foremost important contributor to the call of arms of those years. Over 3,300 enlisted out of a workforce of about 13,000. The supply of new and replacement material and equipment was reduced to a trickle by the demands of the war effort and that was from overseas. Work planned on expanding the railway system was postponed until after the armistice of 1918. And an indication of how this war affected the Queensland Railways was by the war's end, 25% of the locomotive fleet was laid up, awaiting repairs and overhaul. Work had to be postponed due to the shortages of materials and literally workers to do the work. We are here in Toowoomba today and I am trying to imagine what the scene would have been like in 1917, for instance. What would I have seen that let me know there was a war on? Yes, Queensland Railway Network it hadn't actually been completed or patched work together or unified. It would have not been the through state operations such as the troop trains that we saw in the Second World War that operated between Brisbane and Cairns or into the western parts of the state. Now, it's interesting that we talk about Toowoomba because one of the main centres of movement during the period of 1915 to 1918 
It was the then interstate link between Brisbane to Toowoomba to Warwick, Wollongarra, and then on to Sydney. There's just one example, for instance, in 24th of November 1914, 26 officers and then 759 troops of the 15th Battalion, 4th Infantry Brigade, um, they left from Monogra and then they travelled via Toowoomba to Wollongarra and then they transshipped into New South Wales and ultimately overseas. So we've talked previously about the Second World War and how railway employees were exempt. Were railway employees allowed to enlist in the First World War? Yeah, uh, similar to many in Australia at the time, the pressures were to enlist were very strong. But the railways really needed to cope with a, si- a situation whereby loan money sourced from Britain was not available to carry out work or maintenance. And what they had to talk about was economies, that certain economies would need to be practised. There was actually a vicious spiral in it, which many at the outbreak of the Great War, they just weren't prepared for. It's a war that seems seemingly so far away that it actually ultimately had a big impact on the operation of the railways here in Queensland. And actually it would make that impact through the depletion of staff, resources and finances. Dale, can you tell us a little bit about your current role and responsibilities? Yeah, so my current role with Queensland Rail Regional Facilities is the maintenance and supervision of the uh, building assets in uh, the central west area. So I'd look after from, from the north coast line, from Mount Larkham in the south through to St Lawrence in the north, and then the central west line out to as far as Winton. We've got our, our stations, uh, our depots, uh, residences, quarters, uh, trackside buildings. So yeah, there's a, there's a variety of different types of assets, all with their own different needs. I've been with Queensland Rail for uh, quite a long time. I started in 1977 in the Rockhampton workshops as an apprentice carpenter. I was in the workshops until 2005. Um, after I finished my apprenticeship, I worked as a tradesman carpenter there for all those years and um, really enjoyed the time there. There's been a lot of changes over those times. Started off in '77. It was still very much the days of production of cabinetry and furniture and and joinery in the Rocky Workshop. So it was uh, a good variety of work, good quality work. And of course, we were still the timber carriages back in those days and timber wagons. There was a lot of uh, a lot of work done for the timber trades in those days. So I'm just wondering, do you walk around now and go, "I built that. I built that. I built that." Well, strange is just strange. I've seen that does happen, yeah. Can you tell us about your involvement in the refurbishment of the Rockhampton Railway employees on a board? When I started in this role back in, in Rockhampton, regional facilities, the honour board was mounted in the foyer of the Rockhampton Railway Station. The honour board was maybe five or six metres above floor height. So whilst it was there, no one could see it. And if you didn't happen to look up, you probably wouldn't even notice it was there. So what is it about the Rockhampton Honour Board that makes it special to you? Yeah, well, Queensland Rail do have, of course, a lot of a number of uh, locations that have honour boards that are supposed to be uh, honour our World War One veterans who went away to the Great War. On the top of the honour board, it's listed as the employees who listed in the, in the service of the Empire. That's the writing on the top. And it's an honour roll that have all the names of um, employees from Queensland Rail in that era, around 1915, who... Who enrolled and of course went to the to the Great War. I did source a list of names from the records of, of all the people on the on the board, uh, and they come from all parts of the our Central Division, from as far west as Longridge, in the Calloway Valley here, and some Gladstone and 
Mount Morgan, all sorts of areas, and more than likely they all jumped on a train at some stage and came into Rocky and went from there. Unfortunately, um, not all of those 211 employees were able to return. Um, the Honour Board does have, against the names of some of the employees, uh, some lettering which unfortunately tells what happened to them, you know, um, in the Great Wall. So there's letters against some employees' names of W, which stand for wounded, DI, discharged, injured, and unfortunately, there's, of course, there's the, some of them have K beside them as well, which tells the story of you know, the perils of that Great Wall. Greg, during the First World War, what other contributions did the Queensland Railways make as part of their war efforts? The Railway Patriotic Fund, it was formed with voluntary subscriptions and the rest of the railway staff helping to make up the difference between military pay and railway pay, especially for families. The military hospital at the Immigration Depot in Kangaroo Point down in Brisbane, or Yungabara as it was called, there was even a ward of 15 beds that was fitted out by the Patriotic Fund of the Queensland Railway Department. That was actually opened by the Minister for Railways. Queensland Railwaymen had up until this time paid about £13,600 into the Patriotic Fund and from it they'd set aside about £400 especially for this ward. Um, it actually worked out on being about £25 per bed per head. Um, and it's a patriotic symbolic gesture. One of the things I love when you see in photographs is they would, uh, those beds were decorated with coverlets bearing a large red cross and also the letters QGR for the Queensland Government Railways. So that's actually a lot of money back then. I guess a net you could say by, you know, the size of the Queensland Railways, but I think it also indicates, you know, the desire to make a commitment and also maybe it also said something about Queensland Railway employees, pretty big-hearted people. So this war was different to the Second World War experience for the Queensland Railways? Mm, yeah, exactly, Annette. At the ambulance trains that ran on the southern line in many ways, they did bring the war home to the local community. After 1916, those casualty lists grew and grew and grew. And interestingly enough, so did the frequency of the Red Cross trains, as we call them, on the line. There was one case in 1918 that um, three trains carrying around about 400 soldiers arrived on the platform here at Toowoomba. Then they travelled travelled further on to their eventual destination down in Brisbane. The trains had arrived at Central Station, then the sick, wounded and others would be transported by motor car to Kangaroo Point Military Hospital. Literally, Annette, you would be seeing the Great War come home in front of you on a railway platform. The war obviously had a great impact, not only on the railways, but on people as well. Where does the story of the honour boards come from? Yeah, well, going back and from what we can gather, in February of 1915 at the North Ipswich workshops, a group of employees had been appointed to oversee the fundraising for a memorial to record those who had enlisted in the Great War. This was two months before the landings at Anzac Cove. Um, the monumental work literally was estimated cost around about £750. When the Commissioner for Railways visited in September of that year, he said the railway department had been approached by a committee for a contribution of about £100 towards the memorial. So it cost £750 yep. and the department was approached for £100. And the railway stumped up £100 to start with, yeah. <laughs> Do we know where the balance came from? Employees. And they oversubscribed. <laughs> Not far from us today, there was a truly tangible reminder of the First World War, the Toowoomba Honour Board. Can you tell us something about its story? Yeah, that, that magnificent honour board at Toowoomba Railway Station. Um, I consider myself lucky that um, quite, quite often here on the platform I can go down and just spend a few quiet minutes, you know, just contemplating the names on the board and wondering about all their stories. But 
had been decided to erect an honour board to contain the names of the men who had enlisted from the locomotive maintenance and traffic branches of the railway department in Toowoomba, and that was in 1917. By June of 1917, the Queensland Railways had reported that 2,473 had enlisted, 91 had been killed and 7 had died of illness, 13 had been reported missing, 105 had been wounded. The Honour Board Committee was appointed to progress the work unveiled in Toowoomba in April of 1918. And at the time of the unveiling, there were 210 names on the board, uh, 20 of those who were recorded as having paid the supreme sacrifice. Were there other honour boards put up around at the same time? Yeah, the railways also oversaw the dedication of the um, large staff honour boards or honour rolls that have come to grace many railway stations throughout Queensland. Uh, Some of the most beautiful were made at the uh, North Ipswich Railway Workshops. The first of these was at Central in 1915, be followed in the following years at places such as Toowoomba, Rockhampton, Townsville and North Ipswich, as that war grew to consume more railway employees and their family members. So what were the special fundraising activities organised in conjunction with the Queensland Railways during the First World War? In early 1915, and that was not long after the official naming of the magnificent new C18-class steam locomotives, um, that was actually inspired by a British tradition that the Commissioner for Railways wanted to um, revive. The Commission discussed with the Belgian Consul um, the opportunity to showcase a decorated train drawn by the Lady McGregor locomotive. For those out there who love their locomotives, that was C18 number 694. That was going to visit various towns on the railway between Brisbane and Toowoomba. Uh, the suggestion was that, my, was that a committee on the train should sell articles on behalf of what they call the Belgian Fund. Stops would be made at various stations and that would allow local people to make purchases. It was a big fundraising activity, Annette. It's thought that if the experiment was a success, they'd actually extend it to run on Sundays subsequently. Uh, and they also planned trains to run from Toowoomba to Warwick, Toowoomba to Chinchilla, and then from Brisbane to Southport as well. Do we know if their efforts were successful? Very successful indeed. They ran quite a few of those. And as I said, it was again um, a way of showcasing the, uh, you know, that contribution to the uh, Belgian refugees who'd been made homeless during the German invasion of their country. Greg, it was really something heartfelt and having those names painted so publicly on the honour boards meant something deeply significant, didn't it? Yeah, after the dedication of the honour board for railwaymen of the Old Southern Division in 1918, many smaller other honour boards had find homes at railway stations. Um, these weren't ones actually for railway employees but for local communities. The tiny stations and settlements scattered throughout Queensland oh, that reflected where many journeys had begun and ended for those who had actually returned home. Now, in 1922 at Warwick, the Commissioner for Railways, Mr J.W. Davidson, or Jim Davidson as he was known, he arrived there by a special train and he unveiled an honour board which had been erected at the Warwick Railway Station. That was actually in honour of the Warwick and District Railwaymen who served in the Great War. The honour board contained the names of 100 men, seven of whom were killed. He actually said that the erection of the honour board is the outward sign of our feelings, but we should show by our daily lives how much we appreciate what has been done for us. Dale, can you talk to us about what kind of condition the Rockhampton Station Honour Board was in and the journey you've taken to see it restored? I first needed to, to get the Honour Board off the wall so that we get it down to ground level and have it just to look at what stated condition it was in. Basically, I guess you describe the best way that it was filthy. So years of grime over it, dust and grime. The paintwork had obviously deteriorated with age, which, which it does. Um, the honour board is very old. It was built post World War One, But yeah, so the paintwork and the, the printing or the sign writing on the board was all 
were bad and deteriorated. So if you can visualise the paintwork sort of crackling and stuff, the actual signwriting painting is is uh, from an, that era was of a high quality. Uh, some of this was what they call uh, gold leaf painting. The skill that was used back in that day, it's a, like, like most things, an old English skill that they that they painted, so they it's like sprinkled gold sprinkling over it, which highlights it. And, um, but yeah, it was obviously in poor condition. First spoke to a heritage um, strategist, Peter Osborne, and he um, pointed me in the direction of a conservationist who had done some work with him on other projects. Uh, from the Sunshine Coast, so ladies on the Melanie finale. So I contacted Melanie and um, sent some emails, and as it turned out, she was very interested. She did have a uh, family connection to Rockhampton, and um, she was um, quite interested in the project. And she happened to be coming through on holidays, so um, she agreed to drop in. Perfect timing. It was, yeah. She agreed to drop into the station and have a look at it. And of course, once she had a look at it, she um, then uh, went away and came back to me with her recommendations and a report as to what we needed to do. So I uh, transported the, the Bond Award to, to start the conservation work, which um, has been ongoing for about 12 months. Wow, that's a, a long time. So she must be taking time to make sure she truly honours our Honour Board. Yeah, so like the, the work is painstaking. It's, it's the sort of work that's done with cotton buds scalpel, different types of solvents to remove the uh, all the contaminants. It's a unique craft that they employ and um, it's one of those things that takes a long time to do sort of thing, you know. So Greg, that sense of remembrance and reflection was obviously very strong, not only in the Queensland Railways, but in the community as well. Yeah, the dedication of that Ipswich Workshops War Memorial Monument, uh, Mr Ari Mason, he was the chairman of the committee which was uh, based at the North Ipswich Workshops. He officially handed over that memorial to the Commissioner for Railways, Jim Davidson, and uh, at that time the Commissioner said it taken upon the duty of looking after that monument and it devolved upon him during his term of office. It's a duty that he willingly undertook, so he actually took on that sense of custodianship that something had come from individual employees and that would then become something of the department. Now, at that stage, and we're talking about that, Annette, at that stage, he had a staff of, he said, about 11,400. Uh, when the war broke out, the records at that time said about 2,000 had enlisted from the railway service. Commissioner Davison said that he thought this was a very fair record for the department. However, Annette, there was research that was done uh, by a number of volunteers um, over the past couple of years through the Ipswich Genealogical Society. They went through all the Queensland Railway employee records that they can find. The thinking is now, there was around about 13,000 employees in the railways, and of those, it looks like around about 3,300 had actually enlisted. It's an incomplete number again, and it was a pretty prodigious effort that the, those volunteers did. But it was interesting that 100 years after the uh, end of the war, it was the first time they could come up with a definite number for those who actually enlisted in the Great War from the Queensland Railways. At North Ipswich, the Workshops Rail Museum, there's an impressive memorial that highlights the contribution of the Queensland Railways in the First World War. Dale, do you have any favourite or important war memorials you have seen over the years working in the railways? Probably the Toowoomba 
on a roll. The 12 station is, is the most outstanding that I've seen. Um, it takes a very prominent part in every year's Anzac services. Uh, I did work in Toowoomba for 18 months and I was there for two Anzac days and uh, it was a very good way of the children and the community recognising the Queensland Rail employees for that area who went away to the war. So the Toowoomba on the board would definitely be the most prominent, most important, I'd say, the most prominent. Dale, once this honour board is meticulously restored and displayed at Rockhampton Station, what is your hope for it in the future? Yeah, well, my hope is that um, once it is brought back to life and being displayed for the public to actually to see that um, the children of the community are able to use it and view it as part of you know, ongoing Anzac Day celebrations and all celebrations about the time when uh, these people, like these Queensland Rail employees, gave in many cases their lives for to fight for what was in, in those days the empire, but they're uh, basically to defend their country. Why are these honour boards so important to conserve and have available for our future generations? The honour boards obviously were were built at the time after the war to commemorate the employees who did sacrifice their, themselves and their lives in many cases, and to remember them for future generations. So um, the ideal obviously was that, uh, and we, we say with um, the celebrations of Anzac Day, that let's, we forget, you know, so it's just, it's just so that these names uh, are never forgotten um, because uh, they played a significant part in our, in our history, in Queensland Rail's history and in Australia's history. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dale. It's been great chatting with you and thank you for sharing about the Rockhampton Honour Board. No worries. Thank you very much for uh, for having me on. And um, yeah, hopefully the honour board will be on proud display in Rocky Station for uh, everyone to see. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. There are still a few honour boards on display at Toowoomba Station, Ipswich Rail Museum, and soon again at Rockhampton. Remember, we love hearing from our listeners, so please share leave us a review or rating and connect with us on the Queensland Rail Facebook or Instagram accounts. Here you can ask history questions or share your suggestions on what topics you would like us to cover in a future episode. We'll see you here next time for another episode of the Queensland Rail History Podcast.